two people you'd probably never heard of a year ago are squaring off to be the next British Prime Minister. So who the hell are they? Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. The episode on Liz Truss's background is already out and available in your podcast feeds. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever it is you're listening. In this one, who is Rishi Sunak? There is a considerable body of opinion that can see many advantages in the appointment. For Britain. For Britain. (laughs) Yes. Well, yes. So we trust you to ensure that your minister does nothing incisive or divisive over the next few weeks. Avoids anything controversial. Expresses no firm opinion about anything at all. (laughs) Now, is that quite clear? Yes, well, I think that's probably what he was planning to do anyway. (laughs) Within a party of people that holds largely similar views, it's kind of hard to find two candidates with more different backgrounds than Truss and Sunak. Rishi Sunak was born in Southampton in 1980. Both his parents are of Indian origin and emigrated to the UK via East Africa. His father was a GP and his mother a pharmacist, and he's described running deliveries for her during the campaign. Young Sunak attended the exclusive private school Winchester College, and then, same as Truss, he went to Oxford to study philosophy, politics and economics. He then completed an MBA at Stanford University, which is where he met his wife, Akshata Murthy. She is the daughter of an Indian billionaire and co-founder of the IT giant Infosys, estimated to have a net worth north of 4 billion euro. And his wife's money has gotten Sunak into trouble before. It emerged, for example, that she didn't pay any UK taxes on the multi-million pound international income she has, while he was in charge of the country's finances as Chancellor. She has since changed that and agreed to pay UK taxes on that income after political pressure, but the links have caused Sunak plenty of headaches. It's been reported uh, that that you've got family links to Russia, that your wife apparently has a stake in the Indian IT consultancy firm Infosys. Um, They operate in Moscow, they have an office there, they have a delivery office there, they've got a connection to the Alpha Bank in Moscow. Are you giving advice to others that you're you're not following in your own home? That's not as a, I, I'm an elected politician, and I'm here to talk to you about what I'm responsible for. Uh, my wife is not. She is not, but but equally, if you, if you you know, as as a country, we are asking taxpayers to fund the UK's support for Ukraine. We're asking people in the UK to give their homes up to Ukrainian refugees. Where it, whereas it appears your family potentially could be benefiting from Putin's regime. No, I, I really I don't think that's the case. And as I said, uh, the, the operations of all companies are up to them. Uh, we've, we've put in place significant sanctions and all the companies that we are responsible for are following those, as they rightly should, sending a very strong message uh, to Putin's aggression. Rishi Sunak was no slouch himself when it came to establishing his own wealth. After graduating Stanford, he went to work as an analyst for Goldman Sachs before moving to work for hedge funds and co-founding his own. It's suspected he's one of the wealthiest MPs in Parliament, although he has never revealed his net worth. And questions about his finances have creeped into the campaign. Another simple question. Have you ever benefited financially from the use of tax havens? No. A venture capital firm you co-founded, Tellman Partners, was registered in the Cayman Islands. Um, so just to clarify, I, I personally did you have absolutely never ever benefited it? and have paid absolutely full normal taxes wherever I've lived. Did you set up that business? No. 
So you you weren't a co-founder in 2009? Uh, not the, the bit in the Cayman Islands you're referring to, I have nothing to do with. Okay. I mean, I happen to work with a company that has multiple offices all around the all around the world, but that's not my responsibility. It was not running the company. So you or weren't that in up. any way paid by that offshore nope. company. No Absolutely connections not. with no. it. When I was living in America, I paid all my taxes in America, and when I've lived in the UK, I've paid all my taxes in the UK. His wealth and status as a privately educated, very well-off politician is something that has caused him some damage within the Tory party, particularly after a video emerged of Sunak from 2001, suggesting that he doesn't have any working-class friends. I have friends who are aristocrats, I have friends who are upper-class, I have friends who are, you know, working-class, but I'm not working-class, but I mix and match and then I go to see kids from an inner-city state school and tell them, you know, to apply to Oxford and talk to them about people like me and then I shock them at the end of chatting to them for half an hour and tell them I was at Winchester and you know one of my best friends is from Eton or whatever you know and and then they're like oh okay in a video here it comes from 2001 you said you didn't have any working class friends have you made any working class friends since you left university yeah I mean I, I was I think I was a student when I said that we all say silly things when when we're younger I mean at the same time I was as, as you know I was working in my mum's shop I was out and about cycling around running around delivering medicines to people or people from all walks of life but you know obviously I was a kid and I said something silly so you do have working class friends now yeah I mean I don't go around asking them what their 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 <laughs> I mean, I, I, I rather think we've kind of moved, I think we've moved beyond that as a country, actually. How I think, reassuring. Yeah, I think people um, are less interested in where you've come from, people are interested in where you're going. And that's the kind of country I want to build, right? Where, thank you, yeah. In 2015, he became an MP for Richmond in Yorkshire, earning the nickname Maharaja of the Yorkshire Dales. He supported Brexit and voted for Theresa May's deal three times. Sunak was appointed a junior minister under May in 2018 and then succeeded Liz Truss as the chief secretary to the Treasury in 2019 under Boris Johnson after being an early backer of his leadership campaign. And in February 2020, he got his big break, being handed the keys to the economy as the new chancellor just a month before COVID hit the world. The resurgence of the virus and the measures we need to take in response pose a threat to this fragile economic recovery. So our task now is to move to the next stage of our economic plan, nurturing the recovery by protecting jobs through the difficult winter months. His COVID record on spending was actually pretty good. He promised to spend literally whatever was necessary to get people through and approval ratings skyrocketed on a £350 billion plan, which included the furlough scheme, similar to our pandemic unemployment payment here. Other policies, though, have had a bit of a sting in the tail, like the Eat Out to Help Out campaign he backed, which was aimed at getting people to support their local businesses by going out for dinner, but has also since been linked to a spike in COVID cases. Some other measures he's brought in have been unpopular with Tory voters, like the increase in the national insurance or PSI payments that Liz Truss wants to scrap. But Sunak, unlike many who run for election, isn't pitching easy answers when it comes to the economy or tax cuts. It is not credible to promise lots more spending and lower taxes. I had to make some of the most difficult choices of my life as Chancellor, in particular how to deal with our debt and borrowing after COVID. I have never hidden away from those. I certainly won't pretend now the choices I made and the things I voted for were somehow not necessary. And whilst that may be politically inconvenient for me, 
it is also the truth. As is the fact that once we've gripped inflation, I will get the tax burden down. It is a question of when, not if. He's also been the subject of put-downs when it comes to money by fellow cabinet ministers who are backing Liz Truss. Ben Wallace, um, as we I mentioned before, said that uh, you had to be overruled on defence spending. Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, reportedly said that you objected to the Rwanda plan during a written discussion between the departments. Brandon Lewis, the Northern Ireland Secretary, former Northern Ireland Secretary, has accused you of putting up huge resistance on uh, efforts to override the Northern Ireland Protocol. It looks as though there's a recurring theme there, doesn't there? You say one thing in private, and then you say something else for voter consumption. So should we believe them, or should we believe you? Well, look, when it comes to the Rwanda plan, I I do believe in the Rwanda policy, but do I ask tough questions when cabinet ministers come to me and say, oh, look, we'd like to do this new thing? Yeah because my job is to make sure that yours and everyone else watching and everyone in this audience's money is spent properly. That's part of my job. I wouldn't be doing my job properly if every time some cabinet minister came to me and said, oh, please can I have X billion pounds to do this new thing? I don't say, well, hang on, let me just check that this actually is going to work. And of course, one of the biggest difficulties for Rishi Sunak may be that old adage, the man who wields the knife to his former boss rarely wears the crown. I think Rishi Sunak has just resigned. I'm just getting this through on my phone. A tweet here from Rishi Sonak saying, the Chancellor saying the public rightly expect government to be conducted properly, competently and seriously. I recognise this may be my last ministerial job, but I believe these standards are worth fighting for. The resignation of Sunak and Sajid Javid from Cabinet came after allegations against Chris Pincher, who was accused of making unwanted and inappropriate passes at a number of men, including MPs. Boris Johnson appointed him Deputy Chief Whip earlier this year, despite being personally aware of the allegations at the time. Sunak went and dozens followed, leaving Boris Johnson reluctantly resigning. Of course, it's painful not to be able to see through so many ideas and and projects myself. But as we've seen uh, at Westminster, uh, the herd instinct is powerful. When the herd moves, it moves. And my friends, in politics, no one is remotely indispensable. But leading back to the time of Caesar, we see case after case of those wielding the knife not ending up in the top job. Some within the Tory party think worse of him for betraying Boris Johnson's loyalty, while others think it was absolutely the morally right thing to do, and that at least he stabbed Boris in the front rather than the back. Some also see him as perhaps more polished than Liz Truss, though he's been prone to plenty of goofy answers himself, like this one visiting a secondary school. Uh, do you prefer Coke or Pepsi? Do you ask everyone this question? Or, <laughs> or not? No, it's really funny because I am, again, this is, so I'm a massive, uh, so one of these things that not that many people know about me. So I collect Coca-Cola things. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Coke oh. addict. Oh, a total Coke addict. addict. Yeah. Coca-Cola addict. Yes, that's what it's saying. So the record just being totally clear. Uh, <laughs> Coca-Cola addict. Uh, I have seven fillings to uh, show for it. 
So where does he differ policy-wise from Liz Truss? Firstly, you have to remember that these are members of the same political party and broadly they believe in the same things, but the economy has emerged as a big point of difference. Both say that they want to lower taxes and ease the burden on people in the middle of this cost-of-living crisis. Liz Truss says that can be done now. Sunak, though, is preaching more fiscal prudence, saying he will cut taxes when the UK is out of the current inflationary and possibly recessionary crisis. Do we confront this moment with honesty, seriousness and determination? Or do we tell ourselves comforting fairy tales that might make us feel better in the moment but will leave our children worse off tomorrow? Someone has to grip this moment and make the right decisions. On Brexit, Sunak's promised to have a bonfire of EU laws, which he says are getting in the way of the UK progressing. Liz Truss has a similar plan and is backing the legislation to override the Northern Ireland Protocol. Both support the Rwanda approach to immigration, with Truss pledging to expand it and Sunak saying the UK needs control of its borders back. And on keeping the union together, Sunak has said he'll make an emotional plea to Scotland to remain in the UK, while Liz Truss has said she simply won't agree to a request for another referendum on Scottish independence. As of recording, Truss is the bookie's favourite after winning a number of head-to-head polls. But of course, a week is a long time in politics, and many things can change in the course of an election campaign. Thanks for listening to Let Me Explain. Double episode this week, and if you missed the first of this week's two episodes, the one being on Liz Truss, you can scroll back in your podcast feed now and it'll be right there. This episode was researched and produced by myself, Sean Defoe, with John Kyo as editor and Lachlan Hart on sound. Chat to you next week.